You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 76 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. This is the first time we've recorded apart for ages. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Different cities now. It's like back to old times. (laughs) Yes, yes. What have you been doing this week? What's new? Oh, so much to do. So I'm trying to get organised for Sicily uh, next week. So I've actually been um, uh, stocking up on new gear. Oh, what you buy? Uh, so um, I bought myself, I really wanted to travel with a beauty dish. And so mm. I've been looking at all the options and I'm not bringing any um, portable lighting. The only lighting I'm bringing with me is speed lights just because it's mm-hmm. uh, so restrictive, especially when you're travelling uh, international. So, um, but I wanted to bring a beauty dish as well. And the, it's hard to have a beauty dish that works with a speed light because of the way they're made. So I tried to hack my, um, uh, Ellen Crom deep Octabox, which also right. doubles as a beauty dish. I tried to work out a way to hack that. Can't mm. do it. Um, it's very big. Not- yeah, not do, but it be, because it packs down into like a a small tube. Right. It's the perfect soft box to take on location. The Ellen Crom beauty dish that I have, um, I can't take that because it's like carrying a big wok in your, in your <laughs> luggage, you know. And then I thought, well, maybe when I get over to Italy, I could just go into my Zia's house because I'm going to go visit her in the village in Sicily. I stay with her for a couple of nights before I start my um, tour. Yes. And like, but she wouldn't have a wok. She would have no. those. Big, she'd have those big pots that you make the sauce with. So like, you know, I can't really fashion a beauty dish out of that. And I don't know where I could buy one in Sicily. So um, I went online and uh, I looked at the portable options and there's quite a few. They range in price from not very much at all to a bit expensive Mm -hmm. and very late at night. (laughs) Do you know? Oh, yes. When you were feeling weak. (laughs) You know, and you go, I've been good. I've been really good. Had had a cup of tea. I had a cup of tea and it was three in the morning. I did a little bit of impulse shopping. Uh Uh-huh. And I bought myself a Chimera portable beauty dish. Wow. It's beautiful. Wow. Uh, So it's like, yeah, uh, like the equivalent of a very nice pair of shoes. (laughs) So... Do you bought at the same time? <laughs> oh my goodness! And so, what you put it at the end of a boom or a light stand, or so it can go on this... the end of a boom, or it can go on the end of a light pole. But the beauty of it is, it's really light and it folds down um, 
into a, like a small uh, container and Chimera actually make their their soft boxes so well. They're so they're heavy duty. They're they're made to take a lot of wear and tear. And the, and I tested it out. The light is beautiful. So I'm very excited to use it. And it's just what's fantastic is I can use it with a speed light, which mm. is amazing because that's just such a light light setup. Um, so very excited. Can't wait to uh, share some of the shots that I do with that. And then I'm going to take a small soft box as well. So that, that'll be my, my main gear. And I'm tossing up whether to take two camera bodies or one and what lenses as well. And the brand is, it, it's Chimera, isn't it? Is that how you say it? Chimera. C-H-I-M-E-R-A. Well, I say Chimera, <laughs> potato, potato, who knows, like what language I speak, you know, <gasps> could, be, could be saying it completely wrong, but I've heard other people say Chimera. Okay. The only reason I say it is that in my <laughs> other podcast, <laughs> no, the only reason I say it is because it's quite bizarre timing in my other podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, we discussed the word, the meaning of the word Chimera this week. What? Which I first learnt of it in Mission Impossible 2 because the the virus that was going to destroy the world was called the Chimera virus. That's how I know how it's pronounced. <laughs> and um, anyway, I, I have a word of the week in the other podcast and it means a thing which is hoped for but is actually impossible to achieve. So CH is a hard K. Is you... Well, I'm only going by the way... Um, do Grace Scott pronounced it in Mission Impossible too? <laughs> because because the reason I pronounce it Chimera is uh-huh. because Chimini is C H I M, and it's so close that I thought it Chimini Chimera same thing. That must be how you say it. Yeah, but also you must know that you know your Italian bruschetta yes, is yes, yes. <laughs> is spelt with a C H. But this is the wrong podcast to be discussing words. Let's move. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I will never be invited on your other podcast. Got now. a bit confused there. Got had a bit of a crossover thing. Maybe that we so will do the, but, you know, yeah, maybe we'll do a crossover episode like we've discussed. That would be hilarious. Like the flash and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone knows how to pronounce yeah. Chimera, Chimera, let us know. Camaro, <laughs> let us know. Let's move on, though. We have some shout-outs this week. We yep. have a shout-out to Paul Arachik. I think I've pronounced it right. And it's uh, it, this is a great shot, isn't it, Gina? I, I really love it. It's underneath a pier and yep. there's uh, like rock pools in the foreground and the pier is overhead and then there's – and it's like an old pier with – old wood and made out of timber and there's an amazing sea and sky beautiful clouds in the background and it's um it's i think it's a cracker yeah Yeah, and and so um this was paul's first go at doing a long exposure so um he shot this on the uh canon 6d 16 to 35 that is a beautiful lens by the way I, i have it and i don't use it enough and you've inspired me paul to actually get it out and use it a bit more so he's used a a lee two stop nd uh and a three stop grad interesting so he's combined two filters so the the three stop soft grad does the sky 
and this two stop ND does uh, the, the rest of it. So long exposure, so you've got the still water and it, and the, the sky, you get a, a different look because the clouds are moving. And uh, it, it, as he said, is the colours get very saturated when you use these uh, ND filters. So he, he went for the Google Nick, which everyone is loving that. I have to give it a go. Have you played with it? The no. Nick software, Val? No, everyone goes nuts over it. The black and white is really looks amazing. I'm going to have, have a play with it myself um, with a bleach bypass. And then uh, he loved the shot so much that it ended up on canvas, which all shots should. Yeah. I think everyone should do themselves a favour and, and print, get some of their stuff printed because it's like it's not that expensive anymore to get your, your photos no. printed on canvas or even just printed on paper um, and and put it up on your wall because it like it's it's just – such a good feeling to walk walk past and go. That's my photo. I took that. It's on yeah. the. Yeah, makes, makes you very happy. I'm going to get one as the skin on my computer. Might you, might do one of yours, Gina. As the oh. skin. Sorry, of, of as the, the computer. Like you have, yeah, you know the thing that on the you put it on the computer cover. You can order it like for forty five dollars or something. A laptop cover. Yeah. Like yeah, who it's, does it? Can you put a Link, link. In the I will. Show. I'll, I'll send you too. the link. Yes. Thank you. I'll send you the link, and you can yeah pick your favorite that, photo and. But protective cover. Well, like, I don't know how much it protects it, but it's a it goes on the top of your oh, laptop. Oh, so like oh my the god, hard <laughs> plastic bit that goes over the outside. One of those. Sort oh, of. I don't think it's actually hard the... plastic. You just put it on, like a decal, but it's not a decal. Do you do the decal yourself? No, no, you send away for it. It's like $45. No, but you have to put the decal on the computer. Oh, probably. Yeah, that's a fail for me because I always end up with an air bubble and a hair. (laughs) (laughs) You know when you put the new screen on your phones? Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's always a big hair and four air bubbles. So now I actually pay someone to do that. So can you pay someone to put it on so it's pristine? I'm not sure, but, you know, maybe just be careful. So anyway, we're going to put – if you want to look at Paul's photo, which is very beautiful. It's beautiful, it, Paul. It is in the show notes, and you'll find the show notes at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And Paul posted it on social media with hashtag Gina Challenge and hashtag filters because of the episode that we did on filters recently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, great to see you participating in that, Paul. Um, uh, let's move on to our next shout-out, which is to Natalie Ord. Now, Natalie said, hi, everyone. Um, and also she's saying hi, everyone, to the Facebook group. Um, which you'll find on Facebook and you just need to search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. Uh, and it's it's free to join the Facebook group. And a lot of people have been asking us, what's the difference between the Facebook group and the Gina Militia Gold community? So I thought I'd just address that here. The Facebook group, anyone can join. It's free. It's a fun place to hang out. It's where we put our hashtag Gina challenge um, each week. And uh, the Gina Militia Gold community is also an awesome community. You can find out more about it at ginamilitia.com. And that is a membership community community, which um, uh, there's 700 members. Gina and I are in there all the time. We release 
two to three tutorials each month on brand new things, um, it, on how to use post, how to do post production, how to you know improve your photos, um, behind the scenes videos on Gina's shoots, which um, which which I compile and it's really great fun. Um, there's a there's a monthly live monthly mastermind um, mm -hmm. where you can ask Gina all of your questions and it's and a whole heap of other things, free Lightroom presets which no one except for people in the gold community get every month and, and video much critiques Val I just yes. finished one I just did a, a video critique so I will Crit crit critique your photos yeah. retouch them and uh, give them back yeah show, show, show you where I would take the photo if, if it was mine and things like that so that's exciting it's amazing to watch Gina you know do her thing with photos I, I've seen it a lot of times just looking over her shoulder and I'm constantly going oh my god oh my god with my jaw on the table but anyway let's continue with Natalie Ord. Natalie has said hi hey everyone I've been pretty busy of late with shoots in Tassie that's Tasmania for those of you who aren't from Australia and Warrnambool but just wanted to share okay it's a little proud bragging especially after seeing the names of the other finalists this she's she's um, on a list of finalists for this award. Opening night is on Friday, so uh, it's an exhibition that's going to be in the um, Albury area, and it's an exhibition that runs until the 7th of August. Well, congratulations, yeah, Natalie. Yeah, that's awesome, Natalie. That's How brilliant. So cool, and there are some very, very uh, awesome photographers that you're sharing the, the, the room with uh, for this exhibition, so that that's so so exciting yes and I've got it I've got a shot uh, I, I put Natalie's image in the show notes as well Val and uh, the shots called likely dreaming so it's oh, a great photographic print so Natalie's uh, taken our advice already and done a print of her work and look at that it's got her into an exhibition see what happens when you print your work <laughs> oh, and I can encourage you to enter you know yeah. competitions and exhibitions and things like that as well because it's a great way to to get feedback, but also it's a great validation when, yeah. when your stuff gets recognised. Let's move on to another shout-out, which has kind of inspired this week's topic, which is how to improve your photography skills in just five minutes a day. And I love this. I'm all for, you know, learning things. I'm all for accelerated learning, Gina. Yes. Yep. So this is a shout-out to Danette Zach, who is a really active and awesome member of the Gold community on GinaMilitia.com. And um, Danette said, <laughs> well, today I... I've been a productive little bugger. <laughs> I watched almost every tutorial that Gina has done on the, in the gold community. And I think, yeah, very impressive. And I think I've gotten my worst fears out of the way for doing better edits in Lightroom. In doing so, I've realized that one never, ever really wants to pixel peep at your own photo in Lightroom, especially when you're over 50. <laughs> but it needed to be done so I could do the edit properly. Below is the photo I edited. I took the photo last night in my semi with the curtains closed. I used off-camera flash on TTL and I took this with my Nikon D5300 off to my right with my 35mm lens and the light was to my left in front of the passenger seat. 
go ahead and constructive critique if you want. We'll put the image in the show notes. Um, and Danette says, I need to know what I can do better on next one. Thanks again, Gina and Valerie, for the website and the gold membership. I definitely got my money's worth today. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. Awesome. So Danette is a truck driver, Val. Mm. And so she works very, very hard and works mm. very long hours. And the yes. fact that uh, Danette got uh, – this shot in the cabin of her truck, amazing, and uh, set it up and did it, and uh, and then and then got onto it. And apparently, like she mentioned in the Facebook group, that her uh, hubby is now driving as well, so she gets mm. a little bit more time to work on her photography, which is great. Mm. But. Danette's post and several others that I've seen um, over the course of the year from other people, uh, I, I noticed that there's a, a, a similar sort of uh, theme going on amongst a lot of us in the community and that's mm-hmm. uh, we're all time poor, Val. Yes. And um, there are a lot of uh, photographers, uh, listeners to the podcast that are, are working full-time jobs and mm. they're either um, – passionate about photography, want to keep the full-time job, but just want to try and learn as much as they can. And there's also a lot and a lot in the uh, membership that are in their full-time job, but they they eventually want to leave that full-time job and try and have a career in photography. So how do you make that, how do you make that balance and how do you find the time for the photography and, uh, and, and keep moving? And so that, there are ways to do it, and 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 so this is what uh, I wanted to to talk about today, Val, and and getting around that sort of that whole finding that time and making the most of it, and getting something done every single day. Yeah, absolutely. So, where do we start then? I mean, really, it's how to improve your photography skills in five minutes a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so as I said, so you you love photography, but you know, life life happens. So, like, if you're busy, you you could be a mum. You you you've dri- you've got to drive the kids to soccer after school. Like, you know, I remember that whole period when my kids were uh, doing all the after school activities as well. Mm. It was just there was no like every day there was a every night there was somewhere that you had to take them to and the weekends were filled as well and then you've got your own stuff that you have to do as well then there's the housework then there's the dinner and then and then you get to to bed at the you know the end of the day you're exhausted like Mm. so how how do you find the time and so most of us um think about it in terms of like okay well if i'm going to say learn how to do anything in photography i need to dedicate like the entire weekend or Mm. take an entire week or wait till my holidays or have an entire day right but it's it's not the case it's i think um we've got to overcome that obstacle of uh needing to have these extended periods of time and go with just grabbing um smaller little little pieces of time just to make up with it so often the mistake that a lot of people make is uh they set their expectations a little bit too high so good example that i can think of is like when you like you're doing a workout routine val at the moment Mm -hmm. what are you into the cage fighting still (laughs) it's just MMA fitness. So yes. you beat people up inside a cage, and <laughs> um, so so what's the uh, what's the hourly commitment of that per week? Um, well, it's minimum two, which I try and do, you know, no matter what. 
but in an ideal week, it's four to five. Okay, so what happens is like, and this happens to a lot of people, you decide to, to like, let's say we're starting a fitness routine. So you join the gym, you go every day for an hour, feel Mm. great. And this Mm. is consistent. And so Mm. like this goes on for a month, three, six months, right? But then life gets in the way. Something happens, miss a day because your kids are sick, the car might break down or you have to work overtime, okay? Once you've missed a day, then suddenly something else happens and you might miss another day and then you might get the flu, you miss four days in a row. It's very hard to get And then five years goes past. And (laughs) you keep saying, I'm going to get back, I'm going to get back, but Mm. you never get back because you lose that momentum. Because you think that to get back, you've got to get back to that. And it's sort of this all or nothing mentality, Val. Mm. It's like I can only work out one hour five times a week or not at all. That's true. Yes. So, but with your fitness, Val, if Mm. you took that and you just took the first five minutes of the day Mm. and just did in that five minutes 50 sit-ups, 20 push-ups and 10 chin-ups very quickly, you'd be ripped. So a consistent practice of five minutes a day is mm. still better than doing nothing for five years until you can yes. find the one hour five times a week. So I'm 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 saying to do take this similar approach, lower the expectations mm. and do something because the results are cumulative. So before this podcast fell, I went around and I counted all the bricks in the house. Ooh. So what? my house, because to make another analogy, my house <laughs> is 5,226 bricks. Right? Oh, you did not count all the bricks. <laughs> so silly. based on this uh, lowering my expectations, if I wanted to, I could lay 10 bricks a day, Val. Mm-hmm. That would give me 3,650 bricks a year. I could mm. build an entire house in a year and a half in five minutes a day. Yeah. So my point is a lot can get done in five minutes a day. You can do a lot. You okay. can have a, a fit body. or So you can also learn anything. So I'm talking about applying that and doing that five, committing to five minutes a day and putting it on the photography. And this is outside of because like because we all love photography when we get an opportunity to go out for an afternoon and you find this amazing location and you're going to go shoot there of course you're going to do it but I'm talking about starting a training routine where you uh, introduce photography training just for the hell of it not not to get a, a a photo out of it but just to um to fine-tune all those skills that you need into every day. You mean, can I don't know, understand totally what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean, what do you mean by training? So I'm saying to set aside five minutes a day, uh-huh. every day of the week for uh-huh. photography training. Right. Okay. Yes. I've come up with some suggestions of ideas of things we can do where we just take five minutes out of the day every yeah. day and um, and schedule them to work on s- something to do with the photography practice. Okay. All right? Yes. So this gets hard because even that um, can be hard to do because, like, the, the problem is that um, 
people get overwhelmed in their day as well. Yes, yes, like yes. thinking of that, like you're getting up, Val, and how many like decisions do you have to make? Like you're getting up and it's like you've got to work out what to do for breakfast, yes. what you're going to wear, where you, yes. go, you know, which which road you take to go to work, da, 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 and then you get to the end of the day, again, you're exhausted, you wanted to do that five minutes, mm-hmm. but the day went 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 away and it's all over. So I'm suggesting that um, to find this 15 minutes that you actually schedule it in the diary and it's not negotiable. So you've got to find, and this is a way to like actually get over that, the idea of um, anything else taking over because what happens is you've got all these great intentions to do that five minutes, but everything else like gets in the way. But what would he do in the five minutes? Well, we're going to talk about it, Belle. Oh, okay. We're going to go into like how to get that five minutes blocked out first. Got it. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to working out when to do, um, when to schedule time to work on um, anything, like to work on learning a new skill or or something that involves a lot of concentration val yeah i reckon the best time is to to get it out of the way early okay and the reason for that is because like we've got the the the, the amount of decisions you've got in you it's a finite amount so like willpower runs out by the end of the day so i'm yeah. saying like um, if you want to be creative, like you've, your creative decision making is like petrol in a car. So imagine that um, your decision and, and willpower tank, it's replenished uh, every morning when you, when you, after a good night's sleep, okay? Yeah. And then you wake up and then you've got to go through and think about all the stuff that you have to do that day, right? What do you wear? What, what, what do you have for breakfast? All of that, right? So the... The scheduling the learning early in the day, like in the first half of the day, is means you're going to be fresher, more alert, and more able to take all of that information in. So I actually recommend that if you can, you try and get up like a little bit earlier in the day to do that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, and or try and schedule it if like if you're at work try and schedule it maybe uh, at some time um, in your morning break or during your lunch break or and try and avoid sort of leaving it till the end of the day where you're sort of overtired and and over the day kind of thing. Really, Unless, your lunch break's a great time to do it, isn't it? Because it, it takes you away is. from work and makes you have a break from work. Exactly. Unless, Val, because I know like there there are a lot of people that, do work. I, I know I do my best work early in the morning. You, on the other hand, do your best work late at night. Mm. That's when you send emails for some reason at three in the morning. <laughs> it's like it's when you're up working. But so some people, and you need to work out if you're a, a night person or a day person. But there are there are a certain section of of of, of, of people who work better after midnight so if mm-hmm. that's you then maybe schedule it after midnight but for the majority i think uh early morning is is just easier sure all right so find that five minutes schedule it protect it at all costs this is not negotiable this is your five minute fitness photography fitness challenge time okay and and i'm suggesting that uh 
these are some of the things that, that we need to do in this time. So this five minutes that you're going to be working on your photography is not about creating works of art. Okay. It's low, completely lower your expectation because what happens is people are thinking, okay, I really want to learn how to make great starbursts. But like if you're going to go, think about it and go, well, I need to go and find an amazing location with the right clouds, with the right person in the shot and all these great things, how hard is that to set up, Fel? Yeah. It's not, it's, not it, easy. It, it's not easy, but like the just the, the simple understanding the mechanics of what it takes to get a starburst can actually just be done um, in your backyard. If sure. you're a mum at home with the kids yep. and the kids that happen to be in the backyard and they're building a fort, here's an opportunity for you to bring out the camera and the, if the sun's low in the sky, you can practice your um, starburst filter making mm. with the kids in the shot and it's like it's not going to be maybe it won't be an image that you end up posting on social media but if you're like it doesn't matter it's not about the shot it's about getting the technique right yeah. and I think in that five minutes you can learn so much about your camera and you can almost master the art of um, starburst in that time yeah great all right so Shall we look at some other suggestions, Val? Yeah, in, in fact, I'm just going to write this down because I think you should do a tutorial on how to do starbursts, just a okay. standalone one on how to do starbursts. Sure. Okay, great. Um, I think you may as well just write down this whole list, Val. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, the I think an, a really important thing to do um, – on like maybe every other day or if it's raining and you can't get outside or you can't have access to your camera, you might be on your commute to work. And this is a, like, this is aside from listening to us on the podcast, <laughs> commuting to work, because I know a lot of people do that and listen to podcasts, which is great. This mm -hmm. is extra stuff. Okay, go on. But looking up um, the work of uh, the master's, of, oh yeah, Val, and just mm. just taking five minutes to study the work of like a, a Richard Avedon or a mm. Helmut Newton or a Walker Evans or you know Ansel Adams, Annie Leibovitz. Just having to pick one a day, and I've mm. actually uh, put a list in the show notes of the hundred most influential photographers of all time. Mm. Um, you don't have to agree with the list, but it's a good list to have a look at as a start and like you could just work your way through that list and in five minutes a day just just have a look at the work and if the if the work speaks to you the, the, you know it's worth even investigating further but I just think that's really important to to um it, it's great for inspiration and it's just great you get a lot of ideas and um and it's so easy these days because I remember you know back because I'm old enough to say back before the internet or before yeah. the internet was in common use, I used yeah. to go to photographic exhibitions all the time and pay a lot of money for very yeah. expensive 
photographic books and that's where I, I got really excited doing those things is that's where I got a lot of inspiration these days you can just go on the internet and find yeah. amazing photos from some of the world's best photographers whereas before to appreciate it you had to wait till the exhibition came to your town or or buy yeah. the very expensive book it's so great these days isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And and it's like I, I doubt you'll end up just spending five minutes. Mm. And th- but this is the other thing about lowering the expectations, Val. It's 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 like once you find the time and you block it out, you'll it, you'll find that even if you are tired or like you, you didn't want to be there for longer than five minutes, you might end up spending ten you get into it, basically. Mm. So it's 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 just a good way to get started. Yeah, it's just a good practice. It's it, it's very similar to in the writing world. There's a concept called morning pages, um, yep. which is in the artist's way by Julia Cameron. And it's just about writing three pages of whatever doesn't matter, whatever comes out of your head every day. But the reality is, you spend and you end up writing for an hour or or or, or sometimes more, and sometimes end up writing. You, sometimes you do end up writing a work of art, even though that was not what you intended. Exactly, and it's the same when I was, um, you know, started writing books, Val. At first I was overwhelmed, but then I thought, mm. you know, I'm going to break it down. And it's actually, I broke it down to like, I'll, I will try and write a page a day. Mm. And then and then I took the pressure off, as soon as I took the pressure off myself and said, I, all I need to do is write 500 words today, I yeah. might end up, if I was having a good day, it might be 1,500, you know. And yeah. so once and you get into it, you, you, it, you, you go. Okay, great. What's next? All right, so another another uh, great little exercise to do is um, shoot an image uh, using all the different metering modes. So, like, you could spend five minutes just doing centre-weighted metering mm. or you could do matrix metering the next day, and it's just, like, five minutes. Find a subject and, and uh, you know, do the shot. Again, it's not about the shot, Val. It's about the technique and getting it right and getting an understanding of what happens in the camera when you're shooting that that image. So it could be like um, you could have a a white baseball and you photograph it against a grey wall Uh in your lunch hour in the lunchroom using matrix metering and see what happens and then go, okay, what if I overexpose it by a stop? What if I change it to send away it? That's something you can do in five minutes. It's not going to be a work of art, but it's going to tell you a lot about your camera. I think that that's a really great point. Even if it's something as simple as a ball against a wall, and you know, in your lunchroom, you will learn more by it. I mean, because how many of us actually spend the time to do this, to shoot the same image in different metering modes? I think it's a great idea. In yeah, fact, yeah. we'll put this whole list in, in the show notes. I, I know you've got a bunch of other ideas as well, but we'll put all of these ideas in the show notes at ginamilitia.com so you can come through and 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 use it like you know yes. try try one of these a day okay yeah. what's next so the next one and again this can be done and i know there's lots and lots and lots of people uh who are at home looking after kids mm. uh both mums and dads are like young kids and then i know that uh, we also have lots of listeners that are also looking after furry babies so mm-hmm. um you don't need to find that amazing model for a shoot. Like you can do a silhouette. Mm. Um, 
do it in the backyard or at the park or you might want to do it of people walking past along the street, um, shoot a silhouette and take the five minutes to get that right. How do you do that shot? Just play around with the exposure. So you want to be exposing for uh, the uh, light in the background so that you get your image in shadow and um, try try all different kinds. You might have the cat on the fence in the backyard. <laughs> mm. Shoot it as a silhouette. It actually makes a really cool – you might even surprise yourself that when you take away mm. all the expectations, lower the expectations, it's just – this is just practice. Mm. You might find that you actually get really – good shots and that's just like uh one of the really happy uh things that happens like when you do this but yeah try a, a silhouette is, is another good exercise it doesn't have to be a, a, a an animal or a person oh no, it, it could, could be, be a tree or it could be a car Val, mm. a car parked on the street it could be a wheelie bin <laughs> right, and is wheelie bin an a, 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 an american term as well i don't no, think that's it, trash think, can um, trash can yeah. but a trash can in an alleyway um mm. and uh my uh knowledge of trash can and alleyway those two terms came from <laughs> a cartoon top What's cat that? yes because <laughs> that's the image i had in my mind yes i love that cartoon so much <laughs> yes i used to always wonder how he would eat that fish without getting all the bones stuck in his yeah, throat but anyway such a cool cartoon i'm gonna try and find it do you reckon it'd be on netflix yeah, i don't know give it a go i'll find it i love cartoons <laughs> um so shoot yeah so the next one which we talked about is um try shooting a starburst have a go mm. and again it's just like don't wait for that um amazing opportunity to come along you know if uh you know try and get the dog with the starburst coming off the back of its head or and, and yeah the, what a great idea yeah, yeah or the cat uh mm. or someone you know someone in the backyard or it might even be off and this is so australian val but i would love to see this i wish i still had a backyard with a hills hoist oh yes but i don't so what uh, is that a generic term hills hoist or is that just an australian thing i don't know so but we mean the line. clothes line where you yeah, hang your clothes yeah. but you could still have like you could try and get a starburst off a peg hanging <gasps> on the line oh my right? goodness what a good wouldn't idea be a, wouldn't it be a cool shot right yes so but but while you're doing the starburst this is also about Finding what, finding out what your gear is capable of. So try mm. creating that starburst at say, uh, what happens at? What's the difference between the starburst when you shoot at f eight, f eleven, f sixteen, f twenty two, and have a look at like, does it get any better at f twenty two, or is f sixteen the sweet spot because every lens is going to differ, mm. and knowing your the what your lens and what your camera can do inside and out in these sorts of low-stress situations mm. in that five minutes, you'll forget about it, but then you'll be out on the field, the, the opportunity will come up again, and you'll be ready because it's like you know from that five-minute experiment that – yeah, I've got another opportunity. Here's a great place to do a starburst. I'm going to shoot it at f16 because I know it's actually better on this lens than f22 because I experimented on my dog in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. 
Fantastic. Okay. These I love these ideas. What what else? All right. So um, again, this can happen in the lunchroom. Shoot a window lit image again. So this could be uh, the the coffee uh, cup that you're about to drink out of with a spoon in it, like window lit. What does mm -hmm. that look like? What does it look like if you bring the cup uh, further away from like side lit or have it back lit, move the cup around and just have a play around while you're making that cup of coffee, while you're waiting for the kettle to boil mm -hmm. and there's that little patch of uh, sunlight and you just happen to have your camera on you and play around with it. Or it could be, uh, again, uh, at home, by the kitchen window, uh, someone happens to be home. Um, I'll tell you, so my five minutes today, uh, Val, yeah. I had my Chimera softbox <laughs> I had to build because B&H knocked on the door nice and early and I was so excited. I pulled it all apart and I put it all together. I had this, the speed light in there and my son was up and I said, mm -hmm. okay, Raf, can you pose for a photo? He's like, okay. So... <laughs> My he must be used to that. My toast is in the toaster. Mm -hmm. You've got until it pops to get the <laughs> shot because it's like he wasn't hanging around any longer. So that was – I had three minutes to test out my beauty dish with the okay. speed light and, and then his toast popped. Mm -hmm. it, that was the end of the session. But I got <laughs> four frames out in that time and it was enough for me to love the beauty dish. Oh, my wow. God. But I got the shot. And I Great. learned something about it and that was it, three minutes. Mm, I can't wait to see this beauty dish. So, so um, uh, try that. So it's a matter of like get what you can, when you can, of whoever you can. And like mm. if you're a photographer and people live with you, they understand that you're always wanting to photograph them. I get that. And they're going to start limiting your time because they know <laughs> that if they give you more than five minutes, you'll still be there in three hours' time. Mm. Um, all right. So another one is to uh, experiment with um, long exposure with a tripod. Now, when we think about long exposure, Val, everyone mm. thinks, okay, so I've got to go find a beach. A waterfall. <laughs> or a waterfall. So I've got to actually plan to go to New Zealand. So that would be <laughs> when the light is in the right sort of part of the sky. Yeah. And then when I get to New Zealand, it'll be this. So I've got a trek. So I've got to get on this trek. Then I need these boots. And then suddenly it becomes this really expensive exercise just to practice long and exposure. Finally, where an angel falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my suggestion, oh, this is my, can you hear my male cat now? This is Tiger. Hi, Tiger. He's very, very vocal. Oh, um, thanks, I, for, I, thanks for coming on the show, Tiger. That's expert um, commentary. On long I, exposure. On long exposure. My recommendation is to um, get a tripod, mm. go into the shower, into the bathroom, turn on mm. the turn on the shower, and practice long exposure with the uh, the, the shower, taking shots of the That's shower. That's actually a good idea, right? Or just turn the tap on in the kitchen sink, which is probably uh, a lot easier to get the tripod because you know bathrooms are, are notoriously small. Um. Um, and uh, and practice like practice with the faucet on, 
and and getting the the running water so that you get at least get a sense of what happens when you do the really long exposures. Mm. Yeah, good one. And I if like you've it. got a spa bath, if you've got a spa, turn it on so that you yes. get all the the bubbling happening. Yes. And then do a long exposure with that so that you'll get that that sort of that beautiful creamy water happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, do a very fast shutter speed and then do a long exposure so you can see the difference. Yes, mm. yes. The, the splashing of the water. So that that was my next one, Val. So try mm-hmm. a fast shutter speed to freeze motion. So you can try splashing water. Mm. So again, from the from the shower or uh, just. Um, Maybe just uh, get a hose and uh, spray it against the the wall or something, so you're getting all the splashes of water, mm. just so you can have a look at what uh, freezing water looks like. Yeah. Or like if you happen to be uh, staying on the train station, practice long and slow exposures uh, of the shutter speed as the trains go past. Yeah, great idea. You know, so that's yeah. a, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right, another one, Val, and mm. this is uh, an, uh, one you can do if you've got the, the kids or, or the dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this works with, with either or, or both, is, um, and this is a great exercise. And I know, and I, I, rem- I, I can't remember who it was, but I know that one of the uh, podcast listeners talked about doing this at home. She was um, getting ready for a, a wedding that she was shooting, and she wanted to make sure that when the bride walked up the aisle, she would be able to track that focus. So she was in her backyard and she got the kids to run towards her and she used uh, continuous focus uh, to track the focus and that's how she practised getting her focus right. And I I think this is worthwhile doing over and over and over again until you can nail that focus, especially if you're wanting to do uh, sport photography. Yeah. Any moving subject. So you could almost... um, um, in your lunch hour, Val, go out yep. with, with your uh, Zoom lens and mm. sit on a, a busy street where you've got, you know, where people are, are, are walking towards you. Like just sit mm. yourself down on a street bench and and uh, and just focus up the road and you and track people as they're walking towards you. Uh, and mm. you know, people won't care; they won't think you're you're filming them. They'll probably think, uh, you know, it's someone else. <laughs> and then you can practice practice tracking and getting the the focus right and then what I would do is I would try shooting say if you were shooting on a on a long zoom I would try at uh wide open mm-hmm. and I would stop down like you know 2.8 f4 f5.6 f8 ha- what's the difference in uh, focus, oh. how are you locking on is it easier and then play with the shutter speed and, mm-hmm. and and like what's one sixtieth, one thirtieth, one one twenty fifth, one two fiftieth? How are you going to freeze that action? Yep, yep. Okay, right. Works best in all those situations because then when you're doing the real thing, you've already sort of worked out what the limitations of your lens are, and you've got a feel for what it's like to focus like that. First do it when you're not under pressure and then when you are, you're going to remember all these things. It's basically how athletes train every day, like baseball players will throw pitches again mm. and again. Soccer players will, will, you know, have shots at goal over and over and over again, right? Mm. It's just boring, repetitive stuff. 
But when, then on game day, they just go into automatic mode and they know what to do. They're not yeah. thinking, okay, I've got to walk up, put the ball on the ground, you know, and then kick it and then run around, take my shirt off and then run around and celebrate. Do, do you think they rehearse that bit? <laughs> I know, reckon that, some of them do, my, you know. That's the only reason I watch soccer for that bit. But do you reckon they rehearse that aeroplane? Yeah, I reckon some of them do. They just like, you know, do that at <laughs> home. <laughs> so um, some other ones, uh, a really good one, Val, and I think this, this you don't even need to have your camera with you, is like when you go out guess the exposure so the first thing you do when you get in the car you might so this is like I would carry if you've got a light meter carry one with you and so you're about to go outside it's a sunny day uh, blue sky what's the exposure if you were shooting an f8 would it be f8 1 250th have a guess that's and a great idea see if you got it right you know and that can be and then and then light meter bingo Light meter bingo. That's a great idea. And then you go inside and you walk into a room and you write, okay, if I was shooting at F2.8, what would the exposure in this room be? And I think that's a really good skill to have. And what happens, um, like you, when you shoot a lot, you can actually guess. You can pretty much guess the exposure because you've done it so many times. But at first it's like it's all, you're not sure about it. So Mm. I think that's that's a really good skill and a good game to play. Mm, for sure. All right. So um, another one is uh, to uh, maybe try a different um, flash modifier every day for your camera. So um, if you've got uh, try shooting for five minutes with just bare flash, what does that look like? How right. Does it, the, the, you know, the portrait that you're doing and then you might have a little soft box that you pull out put that on the flash on camera and experiment with that and just play around with that and, and then play play around with the, the distances from the object. So if you're photographing someone with flash on camera, what happens if you tilt the flash up at a 45-degree angle as yes. opposed to straight on as opposed to up into the wall? What are the difference? And knowing that, mm. when it comes to the event that you have to do, you've already practised. Yes, and I highly recommend this, especially if you don't have any modifiers, which I know a lot of people don't, um, or some people don't. So if you don't have any modifiers, just changing the angle can make a huge, huge difference to your subject or whatever you're shooting. You know, remember I was shooting you last week, Gina, and it took me a little while and then I found the exact right spot with the light and I went, okay, this is the point at which you're beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, it, and then, and then you uh, that wouldn't have ha- worked if I didn't keep moving the light around, right? That's like in millimetres. Millimetres. It was literally millimetres, yep. literally. And you and it was, you know, you became a supermodel. Not that you weren't, you know, not that you weren't. Like, <laughs> some of the lighting, Val, I hate to say, but it's like not good always. Like, I know, anyway, but you have, that's why I have to try lots right, of different goes. Right, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, All right, what's next? So um, the other one is just like this is very basic but it's such a good exercise is photograph the same location early in the morning, midday and late in the afternoon and have Mm. a look at how the light changes just to get a sense of the colour of the light, the look of the light, the feel of the light 
at a different time of the day. So like this, this again is sort of stretching the training, but, but mm. still a really worthwhile exercise. Um, Next, Val, and this is what I just did while uh, my son was waiting for his toast to be ready. Uh, so you're asking a, a colleague or a family member to pose for you and you're giving yourself a time limit because, like, it's great to have lots of time to photograph people, mm. right, to have hours and hours to sit around and tweak the light and fix it up. But the reality is... You never get that time. No. And we saw this, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the at the event that we shot together, Val, how little time I had. Oh, and, you seconds. Know, and and uh, unfortunately, it's like you're shooting CEOs or you're shooting um, uh, fashion shoots or, you know, most shoots, like you get very little time these days to get it right. So if you uh, can work on shooting really quickly and timing yourself and being able to set up a pose, get someone looking right, compose yourself, focus and shoot. Mm. I reckon it's a good skill to have. So practicing that five, like five minutes every day, it's okay. I'm going to take your portrait, just stand there, do that. And then just getting over the, Oh, I'm so nervous. And this is taking me forever. Just, mm. just practicing because your family members are going to be as rude to you as any CEO <laughs> will ever be. Like they're not going to be polite and let you wait. They're going to go, hurry up. My toast is about to be ready. <laughs> Okay, so not not your furry family members. The furry family members, but they they no, they're beautiful, but that they they're not always that cooperative either. No, they're not. You know, so like when they're they don't want to be in the room, they'll they'll just mm-hmm. get up and walk out. They don't even say I've got to go. They just go. <laughs> so um, it's good practice. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, what else? So. Ask a stranger to take their portrait. This is hard. This oh, makes this people sort of feel, ew. You <laughs> and, do it so uh, easily, but I find it very difficult. Most people find this incredibly confronting, and I mm. have to admit, uh, when I was starting out, this was a very, very, very scary thing to do. But as I've said before, this is a muscle. It can be trained. And mm-hmm. like the more people that you approach mm-hmm. and ask to take their portrait, um, the easier it gets. And mm. you realise that like m- most people are very happy to pose for a portrait. So I'm going to actually do uh, a series of videos, Val, at some point where I, I just spend a day. You can follow me. <laughs> just ask random people to take their photo and see the reactions. Okay. That yeah, That'd be fun. Be- great exercise and then we'll just keep upping the ante where we're like it's easy to ask someone who's just sitting there who looks like they've got a lot of time but how Mm. about giving me the challenge of convincing someone who's obviously in a hurry to get if they'll stop and take a photo for me like like someone rushing to an appointment Mm -mm -mm. i think the the stranger files the stranger files i think Mm. it'd be a great exercise Mm. uh so i think that Doing that uh, every day is a great way to train that muscle and get over that sort of um, intimidation of like working with with strangers as well. Yeah, for um, sure. All right, a, cu- a couple more. How are we going for time, Val? Yeah, good. We probably need to wrap up soon. Okay, so um, but right, we can take a couple more. 
arrive at a random location. So whenever you get to any new location that you've mm. not been to before, the first play this little game with yourself. Mm. How would I shoot this place if I was doing portraits here? Which That's wall would I use? Where, where's the good light here? Where's the good light? Okay, here's the catch lights. I put someone there. I could use that wall. Here's a great corridor and just scope the place out. Mm. So, you know, often you, well, we're always going into new locations. Look at it as look at every location you turn up. And I, I do this natural. I can't help myself everywhere I go. I go, oh, this would be great for a shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's not, just because often – we're sent to locations as photographers where it's like, oh, you have to do a portrait here and you arrive and you go, oh, my God, <laughs> there's nothing here. And, and But, but like you, sometimes you've got to make the best of a bad situation. So size every location you go to up as a potential for um, a photo shoot and how would you shoot it, what would you do? That's there. That's a great one because I think that when I often do the first part of it, as in I will go to locations often and I'll go, oh, that's a great place to shoot or I'll know the little corner or the corridor, but I never go that step further and think where's the best light, which is very stupid of me <laughs> because they're not necessarily one and the same. Sometimes yeah, yeah. a great corner is fantastic, but it hasn't got great lighting and you may not have the lights that you need for that corner. So um, they look for great nooks that you can shoot yes. at, that, yes. but also look for where's the best light and then look for where are the great nooks and the best light. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, another one, and I think you, uh, everyone should do this uh, regardless of whether you're going to participate in this photo fit challenge, is mm. to, with the lenses, uh, test each uh, lens and test each f-stop of the lens for sharpness. Find the sweet spot of your lens. It varies in each one, and this can be done in five minutes just by, you know, setting up. Um, you could do it with a, uh, a, a like a, a page out of the newspaper, paste it to the wall, mm-hmm. step back away, and uh, focus on it at, you know, f wide open, f2.8, f4, f5.6, and find what's the difference, what's the sharpness look like. And then do the same thing maybe with uh, setting up, like pretending you might find, uh, if you're on your own, just set up the broom, the mop, um, like a few things that are, uh, and and set them up like a a family portrait and set everything (laughs) with some depth, right? So the broom is uh, maybe a metre in front of the mop and slightly mm-hmm. to the side and you might have, you know, the, the – the, um, what's that thing that you get rid of the cobwebs with? You know, that, that that's next to it. I'm just trying to think of all the things that, like, would have a handle on them uh-huh. and just, like, put them in the ground like you can you – can, push them into the ground so oh, that they end up, right? So the yes. broom, mops and, and other like cleaning appliances. A rake. The, a rake, uh, a spade, yeah. right? And set them up the pool like a cleaner. portrait. The pool cleaner. Yeah. And uh, you might have uh, – the, the mop is two metres, you know, what's that in feet, 10 feet in front of the, I've got no idea, um, in front of the, the nine um, feet. No, I was yeah, nine and a half feet. So I was close. Close, that, yeah, close. That was good. Um, <laughs> in front of the, the, the spade and the mop and, and then go back with your long lens and uh, focus on the, 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 the broom in the front. Yeah. And shoot shoot wide open and have a look at 
where it starts to drop off in the group because that's going to give you an idea okay so if I'm setting up a family portrait I know that mm. I can shoot at 200 millimeters uh, at say I am safe shooting at f8 I will get the person in the front will be sharp and someone mm. who is two meters behind them will also be sharp yeah okay but if I shoot at f5.6 the person at the back of the group is going to start to go out of focus. So understanding the limitations of your lens, and this is an exercise that you can do in five minutes with the the the, the rake and the broom. So and the, and that's, the that's a really good idea. How in the world did you come up with that particular, to use the broom and the mop and the rake? Because it's what is in the, what it's what's available, you know. You can also do it like if you're in a studio, you could do it a lot sexier with mm. uh, light stands, Val, or supermodels. Or you could do it, you know, if you wanted to. Uh, we did it with that supermodel family, didn't we, Val, in the Philippines mm-hmm. that, that did mm-hmm. that lineup test for me? But yeah. Um, yeah, this it's using whatever is available, and it's this this is a really good thing to. Uh, do and make note of because yeah. if you've ever been caught out in a family portrait where you think you'll be okay at f5.6 and then you notice that the grandpa at the back of the shot is oh. just out of focus how disappointing but if you yeah. knew this that grandpa is exactly where the spade was you got to grandpa, shoot grandpa probably wouldn't notice Grandpa wouldn't notice, but like everyone else does. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sharp, you know, and some lenses will be fine at f5.6 yeah. and all the way through. Others, no. So it's a good way to do. So there's um, lots of others there, Val, on the list. Um, yeah, we'll put the but- list in the show notes. But this is a great idea, this photo fit challenge. I think it's um, uh, a great way to exercise your photographic muscles literally on five minutes a day. So if you want to take part in the fo- um, photo fit challenge, do and let us know how you go. And you might not do it consecutive days, you know, like when you go to the gym, you might only do it three days a week or, or whatever. And that's okay. Okay, but um, give it a go because these are all really different exercises. They don't take hardly any time at all to do, but they they really do flex your muscles. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. It's good fun. So, and I want to see the uh, the the family portrait with the uh, the rake, the mop, the broom, and the spade. <laughs> Someone does that, I'd be very happy. <laughs> Please send it in. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. What have you got coming up, Gina? So I've got a big shoot. I've got lots on. And then obviously I'm still getting ready to um, to head overseas. What about you, Val? What have I got going on? Um, I've got to recover. I've had quite a busy week. Um, I went to Fashion Week yesterday. So um, in Australia Front every row. year. I oh, know I wasn't a fro. I was more like a bro or a <laughs> gone are the days when I when I'm in the fro. <laughs> any, Karda- any Kardashians there? In the no front? Kardashians, but no. lots of glamorous looking Aussie. people yeah. who are extremely well dressed. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Fashion Week's always fun. Uh, every year, for those of you who don't live in Australia, we have a Mercedes Australian Fashion Week around in May. And um, I remember going to the first one 20 years ago. Goodness. Me. No, it might have been 19 years ago. Right. And um, it's uh, it's always great fun. But, you know, when, you ha- when the shows are on and the models are there and they're walking down and there's this bank of photographers at the at the end of the catwalk, um, no doubt it's quite intimidating for the photographers. I find it intimidating myself because as I mentioned last week, I think, I get really squashed and pushed around if I've got a camera by the other photographers. But so I didn't bring a camera. I just brought my little iPhone. And, Did you get uh, shots? Um, it was – they were mainly shots. They were not the great shots off the catwalk. Um, they were mainly shots, you know, of the scene, if you know right. what I mean, oh, yeah, around yeah, the place. Yeah. Oh, just yes, yes, people yes. and stuff yes. like that. Awesome. Um, because I wasn't in the fro, I was in the yeah. bro. <laughs> the bro. <laughs> or not quite the bro, but <laughs> certainly not the fro. <laughs> free from the block. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so anyway, that was good fun. So I'll be sorting through those. Awesome. But um, for those of you who would like to um, reach out to us on social media, we'd love to hear from you. Gina, where do we find you online? So you can find me um, at ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on Twitter and Instagram and um, at some stage, what's that other one? that I'm still trying to get my then head around. Don't snap. even bother mentioning it because you don't do anything on it. No, so I'm getting it. ready. I'm preparing. Yeah, well, when you're getting ready, <laughs> then let us know, okay? So I'm Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram where you'll find lots of photos of my cats. <laughs> Sometimes they're not in focus, but I don't care because they're so cute. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we look forward to chatting to you next week on So You Want to be a photographer. Right. Gina Challenge, did we get it? Oh, we didn't do Gina Challenge. Yes, hashtag Gina Challenge. Thanks for reminding me, Gina. For those of you who uh, want to participate, we upload our photos on social media and we do hashtag Gina Challenge and then hashtag uh, whatever the theme is. This week's theme is photo fit. So if you're doing one of these five-minute things, tag your photo or put it in the uh, Facebook group with hashtag photo fit and we'd love to have a look at it. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Mm. So thanks, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.